What's up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Adam Kalal, and alongside me, as always, is Graham Waldrop, and we are Atlanta's own. Two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was and is in Atlanta professional sports with wacky wacky (laughs) ass hijinks and analysis. Graham, how's it going, sir? All right, you know, it's going pretty well, Adam. Uh, It was a hell of an intro. I I feel really jacked up and and, and ready to rock. I just drove an hour and a half in the rain over here. I uh, normally, normally, I can't speak either, I normally leave work around 7, or a little before 7. Today I was like, oh, it's raining. I should leave at 6. And I can, uh, it'll, you know, I don't want to drive in the, in the rain at night. Sure. Get over here, hopefully a, a little under an hour or something like that. Took an, took an hour and a half, got here at 7.30. Went on a bunch of back roads, and it was just torrential downpour. Almost got in an accident, which was fun. Mm. Uh, and also, it sucked, too, because this guy cut me off at one of the longest lights in, oh, it's on Buford Highway. Yep. And so I had to sit for an additional, like, five minutes at the light, which really pissed me off. After I had sat on this stretch of road for about ten minutes. I uh, just cut right in front of me after he was in a left turn only lane, and the the line was solid. And I saw him, and I was like, "I'm not letting this asshole over." Sorry, you you fucked up. Right. And you, you, you got in front of all of us. I saw him get in front of all of us. Mm. You know, just to try and get over. No one was letting him over. I'm like, "I'm not letting you over." And he just didn't give a shit because he saw the green light. I almost hit him. I honked my horn like a maniac. Well, some people, Graham, are just they're just assholes. That's just the brass tacks of it. I just don't understand people. Have you ever considered getting a dash cam? Actually, my uh, fiance has a dash cam. Oh yeah, yeah. Turns it on every time she gets in that her car. Well, how's, every... how's it? Is it like a added dash cam? Yes. So, do you worry about it being stolen? Or do you have to like hook it up every time you drive? See, I don't think I would do that if I had to hook it up every time I drive. It's kind of. At least for this one's position, you can't really see it very well if you're trying to look into the car. Mm. But it does record. So it's yeah. kind of, it's a little concealed, but it has a clear view of okay. the, That's the, fair. Uh, of the road. So, no, I haven't considered it, though. Because, one, I just don't have the patience for that shit. And, two, I don't know, usually when I hit somebody, it's my fault. So <laughs> why, why do I need it? <laughs> well, if someone does hit you, you'd probably be happy to get rid of your car. Right, exactly. Yeah. Click that. Fine, sure thank you. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, I had no need for a dash cam That's for those the, those two reasons. That's fair enough. Um, well, <laughs> am, am I leading this thing now, or are we reversing roles again? Uh, it's up to you, man. You, you can take it. Uh, I'll take it over here. You okay. did a good job playing right. my role. Sure. Likewise. So a lot has happened since we last spoke, Adam, to the users of Atlanta Zone. Let's start off with the Braves country. The Braves announced over the weekend. Oh, actually, Graham. Okay. Before we, <laughs> you want to you want to take over the hosting role now? Yeah, yeah. I'm, okay. I'm back. I'm All right. Back. Okay. Go ahead. Um, we had a little Atlanta Zone retreat this past Saturday. Yes. And I feel like we need to discuss what came out of the retreat. All right. We learned that both of us have the bad habit of not listening to the other at points when we're talking. Sure. I didn't realize it was noticeable to you. Although it was blatantly noticeable to me, so I don't know why you wouldn't notice these things as well. So this week, we're going to practice active listening. Active listening. And just having a conversation, right? Right. What else did we learn? That was the main thing. I feel like there was something else. Is there going to be some times when I'll go on some silly-ass rant, and I can tell you kind of checking out. Part of that's my fault, because I don't need to talk as much as I uh, do. Yeah, I mean, if you go on for too long, you can't right. blame me. No, that's fair. Yeah. But you could also find a way to interject, perhaps, oh, and, yeah. and, and cut me off and say, you know, shut the hell up. Okay. This is this is done. 
or, or make some witty remark about how I'm full of shit. All right. Whereas when you're talking, sometimes I look at the stat <laughs> or something like that, and we just don't even do that. So we got to be better, Graham. we got to be better. The better we are, the better the product we put out. Right, and the, you know, the more hopefully people want to listen. Yeah, we'll see. Listen, yeah. Maybe. And, and also, do you have any, before we get into it, do you have any more controversial topics for me? Um, that you're going to spring on me the last segment when I think we're wrapping it up. We'll have to wait till the last segment to see. <laughs> see what comes up. Huh? Right. Okay. All right. Now, now, now you can go ahead. Okay. Let's get into this thing. So, Braves Country. Uh, Braves announced over the weekend that they have extended Alex Anthopoulos and Brian Snitker to contract extensions. Anthopoulos is extended through 2024. Snitker is extended through 2021. Um... When this well, came, Anthopoulos is promoted as well. He is also promoted, correct. President of baseball. President ops. of baseball operations. It doesn't really. It sounds more like a token promotion, similar to how my promotion was a, a token promotion in my job. It's pre, still pretty much doing the same thing, except I got a like a higher, you know, actual title, but I'm still doing the same shit. It sounds like Anthopoulos is still doing the same shit, still reporting to Terry McGurk, still has pretty much the same amount of power. He has more control. It's like when uh, Mike Budenholzer was the uh, head coach and head of basketball ops. I. Disagree. I guess Anthopolis isn't a coach, is he? Exactly. But president of baseball ops is a real thing. It sounds better, but he's pretty much doing the same job. So it's kind of like... You don't know what his new responsibilities are. There's nothing else to it, really. How do you know? There's back-end shit. So who's the vice president now? Exactly. There's no vice president anymore. It's, okay. just, it's just he's now the president. It's like, why call him vice president? He does everything. He's the president. Maybe you got, like, a new assistant? New intern? Perhaps, but okay. I... Semantics. Yeah, it's total semantics and irrelevant to our further discussions. <laughs> um, what were your thoughts initially on the announcement of this extension for both these guys? I think I didn't realize that Snicker was, didn't already have a couple of... I feel like this was already done. It should have already been done. Uh, so Snicker was going into his last year of contract? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's horseshit. But it needed to be done then. It's a good thing. Yeah, it was. I'd say that they both more than proven themselves and earn these uh, extra years. Would you say that Snicker should get as long of an extension as Anthopolis? Well, so Snicker just got a one-year extension? Yes, so he's extended through the end of next season. I don't think you give him as long as Anthopolis just because things can change uh, managerially a lot quicker. And I feel like overall... um, Anthopolis came in an interesting situation where a lot of GMs might have just started immediately trading all those prospects before he really knew what he had. And I just feel like he's done a really solid job of keeping our farm system strong while adding proven major league talent. Um, Snifker, on the other hand, you got to give the guy more than one extra year. Here's why I'm fine with the extension. And it's because of playoff success. Right now, Snicker's in a position where, yes, he has done very well in the regular season. He also overperformed like hell during 2018. Got, you know, took us to the division title. But last year, unacceptable with the way things ended up. Cannot happen. And I think this sends a message, hopefully, to say, hey, we value you. We think you've done a good job. But a division title is not the end-all, be-all. It is a means to an end of a championship. And I think... That is, uh, that, that's the message here that I'm taking away from it. At least that's how I'm interpreting it. And I'm totally fine with him just getting just another year after this one because we are getting to a point now 
where there is no excuse to not be winning in the postseason. And I'm not saying you got to win the World Series every year because that's unrealistic, but you damn well better get out of the division series. It's not acceptable anymore just to win the division title. It never should have been. Well, there's been a lot, a lot of talk coming from the players this week in spring training. How I know Freddie said World Series a bust every year at this point for this team. Dansby said the same thing. Getting to the playoffs is great, but we want to win it at this point. It's good to hear someone other than Freddie saying that. And yeah. that normally doesn't happen. Normally, it's just, you know, we want to compete. We want to get to the postseason, blah, blah, blah. A lot of platitudes and bullshit. Now it feels like, you know, you're hearing more from the locker room of folks setting their expectations, you know, at a high level. But I think that's warranted considering the success this team enjoyed last season. And you're bringing back a good amount of your core. You've improved your bullpen. You know, we won't go into everything that's happened as we've already discussed it ad nauseum. But you have, even with losing Donaldson, you have a good enough team this year to compete for a World Series. To at least get to the NLCS. At a minimum. Right. Like, you are a top three, if not... You're, you're, to me, you're the second best team in the National League. If, if not, you're in the top four. You know? Like, so, so you think at this point, if we don't win a playoff series this year, it's on Snitker. Yeah. And I'll say that, you know, I think last year in the, in the playoffs, there were a number of decisions that I thoroughly questioned that he made that uh, came back to bite us in the ass. And I don't want to see that again, and I hope he learns from it. Like, pitch your ace more than once in the damn playoffs in a five-game series. Unacceptable. Yeah, I've, I've been thinking back on that game five a couple yeah. times this past week. It's, it's, it's just been lunacy. And just because we know Fulte's so hot and cold, yeah, and he had such an amazing first start, do you think he's going to back it up? Eh. You never know. History doesn't tell you that. Yeah, and Dallas Keuchel getting two starts when he was just average at best the whole season. And a cheater. And a cheater for the Astros. Yeah, we didn't know that. Right, we didn't know that at the maybe, time. He maybe doesn't get that start. Right. Um, it just never should have happened. Even though he has more experience and he has had success in the playoffs, it's like Soroka's been your dog all season. Ride that dog. Ride that pony. Like, the, they got to grow up sometime. Soroka was a top, you know, top five pitcher in the National League last year. Probably top ten pitcher in baseball overall. There's no reason not to pitch him more than once in the playoffs. That was the biggest screw-up to me. And but overall, you're happy with Snitker. Yeah, I mean, I think he's done a good job. He's he's been willing to embrace the analytical side of the game, and he has cultivated an excellent locker room. And I think this also goes back to when he took over for Freddie Gonzalez. I mean, think about how that team finished. They were like nine and twenty-eight, and he finished like fifty-nine and sixty-five or fifty-nine and seventy, whatever. But it was a hell of a lot better finish than it was. A start, and it was clear that the guys believed in him, even though it wasn't the most talented roster in the roster in the world. And that has, you know, they have gotten better every single year under his stewardship. And now it's time to get better in the in the postseason and 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 really stake your claim to being a legitimate contender in Major League Baseball. You know, we're like we got baseball coming up this week, Graham. Yeah, Saturday. Saturday is Saturday's the first game. Yep, fantastic. Got a North Point. Florida. You a spring training facility guy, Graham? Uh, I don't know much about spring training facilities, Adam, but I do know that our, at least from what everyone has said, that our old facility sucked and that this new one is state-of-the-art. It's built for the Braves and that everyone's really happy with it and should, should help the conditioning and just general player happiness. So that sounds good to me. Yeah, I think, and I mean, this isn't something we're going to, I don't know if play, I mean, I'm sure players care about this in the moment, but I don't think you choose what team you're going to based off where you're going to be for spring training. No. Um, unless you just really 
love spring training. If you do, then you're not going to last long in the... Well, maybe that's the only time to play. Well. So you're not making the big team. Right. Um, But, yeah, talking about Disney, they were talking about, like, um, having to work out, like, in the hallways, like, doing stretching out there just because the weight room was just... Like a middle school weight room, basically. It's ridiculous. And just like the crazy bus rides because no teams were around there. So now, like, more of the veterans might travel a little bit more because it's just like a car ride and they can just do their shit at Northport and then drive back uh, after the game by themselves instead of having to take a bus. So there could be some advantages um, for this team to get ready and be ready to rock. Yeah, I don't think you're going to see a markedly different baseball team or anything like that. It's not like they're going to, no, you know. at the end of the day, these are millionaires. I, I, I'm not too concerned about them being a little uncomfortable. Right. But it is nice much. for them to, have, to be comfortable getting ready for the season, more comfortable than they were accustomed yeah. to being. I want Acuna happy. I want Freddie happy. Absolutely. Freddie is also apparently very healthy. He said that his elbow is in great condition and he's pain-free and everything's Ready to go, so that that's, that's really encouraging. Considering that he also said that you know at the end of last season that a doctor told him that if he kept playing, like if they had won Game Five and advanced to NLCS, his elbow was just going to snap. Like there was weird shit going on, loose bodies, wow. all this. You know, he said the doctor said that the things he was seeing in his elbow he hadn't seen before. Like there were just bones loose that should never have gotten loose, yeah. and it was just a nightmare. Hmm. So apparently that's all been cleaned up. He's experiencing no pain and should suffer no setback. Those are his words, and I guess you can maybe somewhat take that with a grain of salt, considering he said he was fine all, all year last yeah, year. But he's not going to—he's not going to admit that he was, uh, you know, that that the injury played a part in his decline in performance. Yeah, so it's always fun to hear—well, not fun, but just like you hear a lot of these stories of people being in their best best shape of their lives. Like uh, Johan Camargo is apparently. 25, 25 pounds lighter than he's he was. 185 pounds from 217 or something like, like that. Okay, good lord. No. Yeah, I mean, that's significant. Um, so that's promising, I suppose. Um, they say that your boy Ozuna came in in great shape. And uh, King Felix yeah. is looking really solid as yeah, well. Yeah, he looks like he's lost some weight. He, I mean, he honestly, I think he's got a great chance to make the number five spot because, and Graham, I know you've been wanting to... Rub this one in my face for a while on the podcast. Um, I'll go ahead and make the announcement myself. Sure. Not let you have that honor. But uh, Cole Hamels, our $18 million man, uh, injury prone, Graham said. That's what he told me. And I, you know, I doubted that Graham knew what the hell he was talking about. I think I made fun of you asking, what are you a doctor now? Talked about plantar fasciitis or something, <laughs> which is uh, your, your top diagnosis for pretty much every injury. But uh, you pointed out that there's some injury concerns with Hamels, and sure enough, he uh, – I don't remember what he did. I think it was, it was his shoulder or his elbow that he hurt um, just doing some training on his own, went after it a little too hard with the medicine balls or some shit. Yeah, so apparently he strained his pitching shoulder doing weighted ball exercise, like you said, so using the medicine ball. No one thinks it's significant enough to make Hamels miss a lot of time, but he's going to be shut down for three weeks or so. He reevaluated, and he will miss opening day. So the fifth starter spot, he wasn't even supposed to be the fifth starter, he was supposed to be like the second or third, whatever. Regardless, there is a spot open in the rotation now. Right. More so than there was. Now there's now basically there's two spots. Two spots the yeah. guys are competing for. So right. great news for Sean Newcomb, who was probably competing for that fifth spot, but now he might just slide into that fourth spot. Fourth spot, 
Um, and you got guys like Felix Hernandez, Kyle Wright, Bryce Wilson. Bryce Wilson. I still expect Ian Anderson to compete. I don't expect him to get the job, but I expect him to compete. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe he pulls a Mike Soroka and there's just like no way you can keep him out. Right. But, um, I mean, has he pitched at AAA yet? I think he got there last year yeah. and it was solid. Yeah. But he's, I just feel like from just the profile of, of him, he just, everything about him on paper, power fastball, 12 to 6 curve, good sinker, everything grades out to be either above average or outstanding. So I, I'm really hoping that he gets a, gets a chance this year. And I'm kind of over Kyle Wright at this point. He's 26 or something like well, that. I was going to say, seen much it's, from it's him. kind of a make or break spring for him. Because yeah. if he doesn't, if he doesn't show something this spring, um, he might not get another opportunity. No, I mean, so I've, I've it, seen diddly from him to, to warrant consideration at this point. I mean, he looked really good last spring training, but yeah, I mean, in the majors, he hasn't looked the part yet. So he, he and I'm sure he knows, I mean, all these guys are getting pinched away. I mean, that's the we're kind of hitting that spot where we got all these damn pitching prospects and nowhere to put them now. So he needs to prove something and somehow go out and take that last spot. But yeah, I don't know unless they want to screw Newcomb and keep him in the bullpen. But I, I mean, I want to see Newcomb. I think he's got starter potential. I think given the the depth of the bullpen at this point at this juncture, that I feel like Newcomb is primed more so now to go get uh, a starter spot considering, you know, what's happened with the rotation. You, you, got, you got two openings, and Newcomb has experience, and he's done, uh, you know, well with it at times during his tenure with the Braves. I still am concerned about the walks. The walk rate was even got bad at the end of last year when he was relieving. So until he shows that he can truly conquer that, for an extended period of time, I'm always going to be iffy on him as a starter or as anything, but he should be given every opportunity. You have concerns about having three lefties in the rotation? A little bit, especially if you encounter a, a, a big righty-powered lineup, you know, and let's say all three guys are left-handers and they struggle against right-handers or if they don't struggle or, or maybe, you know, it, it's one of those things where we're kind of just going in with that anyway. Yeah. I mean, so... Yeah. It, it all comes down to how good the guy's stuff is at the end of the day. So I'm not like overly concerned about that, but it does play in your mind a little bit from an old school baseball perspective and from, you know, looking at how good some of these teams are, like the Dodgers are just crushing left-handed pitching. So particularly when they're getting Mookie bets. Yeah. So, you, I mean, they'll have to mix it up a little bit. I mean, how you could have, you don't want to have three lefties in a row. So you, you could right. have Felix being like you a number could. three starter. Right. And then whoever, whoever, you know, is deserving should get it. It shouldn't matter if they're left-handed, right-handed, or they're ambidextrous or amphibians. You know, you just whoever the best guy is should be going out there every fifth day. So it, it will be interesting to see how this plays out. I, I really want to know if Felix has anything left in the tank. I mean, based off watching him a little bit on MLB Network last year, every once in a while when I'd be up late and just have it on the background, and I'd see him pitch. I remember watching his last game and just how much he was laboring mm-hmm. and how. Just the zip from the fastball wasn't there, and he kept pitching like it was. And I, and I watched a decent amount of Felix Hernandez because I was always, you know, once you get MLB Network and you're a big baseball fan, it's like all bets are off. You're watching MLB tonight every night. You're going into the live look-ins of yeah. games, and, you know, you know, you're seeing a lot of West Coast games especially, and 
because you know we watch the Braves game, then it's like all the all the seven o'clock games are over. So now you're watching the the, the West Coast bounce around the West what Coast. Do spend quality time with my spouse? No, not no, at all. I'm watch baseball. Watch goddamn baseball. Yeah, got to got to check in with the Mariners. Yeah, and they would all every time Felix Hernandez pitched, they would always stay in those Mariners games for a while, or they'd just show them. Yeah, and man, his stuff just was so electric in those those the early part of the last decade, and then just started to taper off the injuries. But he never adjusted his pitching style, and that was always something I noticed. He never, he was always attacking guys, always thinking he could blow things by people, and he just can't do that anymore. So I, I am really interested to know if he can take the Anibal Sanchez approach and really start to understand, okay, I can't throw the 98 anymore. I don't have a power hook. What can I do to still get guys out and still be effective? How can I adjust my strategy? Well, I also think there's going to be something big for him for getting out of Seattle. Like, he has... Legend status. Oh yeah, he's beloved in Seattle, uh, and I'm sure ticket sales spike every King Felix game, even even for the last three years when oh, yeah. he hasn't been who he was. Oh yeah, so, if you look at the differences in attendance, it's crazy. Yeah, so it's I'm, like twenty thousand more people. Mm. So there's added pressure there. So maybe him coming in, he doesn't even have a guaranteed deal. He's got nothing to lose. Right. He, he apparently has been hurt the last few years. Says he's good now. Seems to be in good shape. Zero expectations. Could be a great thing for him. Yeah. And, and we, we do have a history with the guys the guys we've already mentioned. Anibal Sanchez. Aaron Harang. Aaron Harang. Ben Sheets. Right. Um, so, one storyline I'll definitely be excited to see how that plays out. Yeah, for sure. If we want to talk about the rage of Nick Marcakis. Yeah. So, you've been living under a rock the last couple months. Um and didn't know about this. The Astros had this whole cheating phenomenon that's been happening. Where everything, you know, it was discovered that the whole 2017 season they were cheating, uh, using videos and, uh, you know, using cameras in the center field to steal signs. And then also using trash cans to bang out if it was like, you know, if it was a, a changeup, they'd smack the trash can three times, for example. So guys knew, you know, batter, batters knew what pitch was coming, exactly. And... You know, they were doing all sorts of weird shit like that. And there was even rumor that there were buzzers and things that they were using. So it got really out of hand. Baseball came down on them in a way that a lot of people don't think was harsh enough. Uh, A.J. Hinch, the manager, suspended for a year. The general manager of the Astros was fired. Um, but nothing happened to the players in, the, in, the, in the, the World Series championship, which should have a massive asterisk next to it uh, based off you know, what, what has been confirmed. Uh, should probably be stricken away. But it's not, and everyone around baseball is just freaking out about it. It's been handled terribly oh, by, yeah. by the Astros, by Rob Manfred. It's just been a disaster. Yeah, they had a phony press conference where you know, the owner admitted that it happened, but he's also like, we don't think it really affected the game. We're champions. Fuck you. Yeah. And, and then, it, was, it, was, <laughs> it was like that. And then Manfred, I think this was at Braves Spring Training yesterday, was just completely disrespecting the World Series trophy and called it just like a piece of metal. and But, like, Justin Turner's like, I mean, dude, you clearly have no idea. You're not in touch with your players at all. Like, that's what we're out here battling for. That's why we show up a week early because winning a World Series is not easy. That's right. what we're here for. So right. for you to just well, that and the demean dollars, it like but, that. Yeah, yeah but, no, the championship is the most important thing. Right. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, it's a bad situation. And so a lot of it, yeah. Plenty of guys, Cody Bellinger, even Mike Trout has, has called the Astros out, which he never thought. You know, Mike Trout's pretty pretty silent, doesn't say too much. But, yeah, he, he's calling them out. Everyone around baseball pretty much is. 
And then uh, Fultonavich did because he came up with the Astros organization, had some some choice words. But Nick Markakis was the most overt about his his anger. And he said basically that all those players that were in the locker room deserve a beating. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but he did say deserve a beating because uh, they, you know, potentially ruined some guys' careers. Like we mentioned, uh, I think, on the last show about how, you know, if you were an up-and-coming prospect and get shelled and your only appearance against the Astros, you might get sent back down. That affects your livelihood. Chris Medlin. Chris Medlin, that whole thing. So, yeah, which happened to him after he came back from Tommy John. And he faced the Astros. This is his last start in the majors. Yeah, so I personally don't have too much uh, issue with, with what Mark Kakis said, even though it was a little violent. I don't think anyone deserves to be, they don't deserve to be beaten. But, you know, I don't know if I, he was really meant to be taken literally there. I think it was just more just voicing his, his anger over this, the situation. Well, I don't know if you saw this article, but he has a history of uh, threatening to uh, kick people's asses. I wouldn't want to fuck with Nick Marquez. So, he looks like a stone-cold killer. You, you'll love this story. Two, 2017. That was the year when, before we made it back to the playoffs, we flirted with 500 for a while. Yeah, then, the R.A. Dickey Bartolo year. Yeah, and then shit just tanked, and the right. second half was just horrendous. Right. And uh, we had a game in August where Jim Johnson was just completely terrible. Oh, God, for Jim ex- Johnson. For an extended period of time. Yeah, he sucked. Uh, just getting shelled every time he's out there. And... Uh, they're playing a series in, I want to say it was like Seattle or something like that. Someplace we don't normally play. But they actually had a chance to win the series. And uh, the Braves had battled back, went up like 6-3 or something like that. It comes to the ninth inning, and Snicker brings in Jim Johnson. And apparently Snicker had been told. We worked some things out as mechanics. He claimed there were some guys that needed some rest. And he goes with Jim Johnson, and of course Jim Johnson faces four batters. All four batters end up scoring. Braves lose like nine to six or something like that. And then uh, your boy Copy and John Hart come down to Snitker's office and are just in there just railing Snitker, and the players can overhear it and like getting personal with things and just way across the line. And apparently Nick Markakis threatened to kick John Hart's ass. That's awesome. <laughs> so that's, that's that. You, you always, we kind of shit on Nick Markakis. Well, you shit on Nick Markakis for his lack of power and overall, you know. I mean, he's a decent player. I just don't, you know. Mediocrity that's been the last couple of years. Yeah. But that, that leadership presence, I mean, that's what players want to hear. Sure. And that's, that's great. That and it also just shows the, the Brian Snitker effect and, and how and how, players love him. And how big of assholes Hart and Capuello were, which was certainly rumored. Yeah. And why I don't really miss them at all, especially when you got a guy like Anthopolis, a guy in the ship who's done, a, 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 I think, a very good job. And even though Capuello and Hart were instrumental in getting some pieces, they were also total idiots in trading away Andrelton Simmons <laughs> for Sean Newcomb. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. God. Unless Newcomb wins the Cy Young. It doesn't matter. Simmons is going to be a Hall Hall of Famer. He's a a once-in-a-generational defender. You don't give up a guy like that for anything. Unless it's Mike Trout or someone of that ilk. You just don't do it Hmm. to me. You're a Simmons guy. He earned my love. I mean, he's such a great, great player, and he learned how to hit when he was in Los Angeles, too. So now he's he's an even better player than he ever was with the Braves. He was so young. It wasn't like he was an aging veteran or something. He had his prime is now, man. Imagine you have him in this in this team. 
It's in the past, Graham. I know. It just sucks. But, okay, so that's beyond the point. So, is Marquette out of line here for, for saying they deserve a beating? No. No? Yeah, I, I, don't I, so. I thought it was funny. Dusty Baker, who – Dusty Baker is now the – Manager of the Astros. He's been plunged into a shit storm. We- weird, weird position to be in. I mean, he's got nothing to do with it. It's kind of a nice place for him to be. He's like, look, I got nothing to do with this. Mm-hmm. But they're dealing with it. And apparently that clubhouse is just miserable now, as you can understand. And I feel bad for the fans, too. Oh, yeah. I was reading some things on... Uh, yeah, I feel totally betrayed. I was reading some things on Reddit about it, and guys were just talking about how, like, you know, that's some of their best baseball memories of that 2017 season, and now just feel like it's all tainted. It's like, ooh, that's that's kind of rough. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how how uh, attendance is this season for the Astros. Yeah. Another guy that we haven't really talked about in relation to all this stuff is Brian McCann. He was part of that 2017 team. I read an article today in The Athletic, uh, Ken Rosenthal, and another guy I don't remember, sorry. Uh, whoever you are, wrote an article about how Beltran was the, Carlos Beltran was sort of the ringleader. He was the, the veteran leader of that team. And that he was a huge proprietor of this method of stealing signs, and it was him and Alex Cora, who was the Red Sox man- Red Sox manager when they won their last World Series, uh, were just and he got you know fired, and Carlos Beltran got fired when he was hired to be the Mets the Mets manager, but he was the one sort of leading the charge. And Joe Musgrove, who's an Astros player, said, you know, I was an impressionable guy. You know, you see Carlos Beltran, future Hall of Famer, saying all this shit. And, you know, you sort of just follow his lead because you're like, I guess that's, you know, he's setting the example. I mean, he says that doesn't really make make it right or anything like that. But, you know, when you're a sort of scrub or, 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 or a youngster coming up in the world, you know, you defer to your veteran leaders. And veteran leaders have huge, huge sway over what happens within a clubhouse. And Brian McCann apparently came up to Beltran and said, we got to stop doing this. This is, this is crazy. And Beltran said no. We're not going to stop, and you're not going to stop me. Mm. Well, so, at least McCann made a stand. Yeah, but then he just sort of like... But I'm sure he participated as well. Right, I mean, I think after a certain point in time, you know, you are you are complicit in those actions, but it's also such a weird environment, it must be for the players where, you know, the guy you're looking to, who has established himself as the alpha dog, even at age 40, that was his age 40 season. Yeah, that's wild. Uh, has, has said, you know, this is the way we're going to do things. And, and Hinch, the Astros manager, even went on record saying... You know, if I was, you know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to uh, go against the grain. I, I disconnected the the cables once, and the, you know, it really sent a bad, you know, bad vibes to the clubhouse. So it's like if I had been, um, you know, if I had accomplished more, if I had been a, you know, been in the major leagues for longer as a manager and won a championship and things like that, I probably would have, you know, just said this is not how we do things, and we're taking more of a stand. But he was another guy who deferred to Beltran. Everyone deferred to Beltran, hmm. even McCann. After a while, he was like, you know, okay, fine. Because you know, who's Brian McCann compared to Carlos Beltran? McCann's you know a great player, but Beltran Hall of Fame resume. I don't think Brian McCann's going to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, he's borderline, probably. Yeah, I don't think so, especially the last few years. But Beltran was you know, four hundred homer guy, you know, yeah. widely respected, and. This was his idea. Do you think this is worse than uh, someone? I can't remember who came out. Um, was that? Might have been Justin Turner. I can't remember. Someone came out saying this is worse than steroids. It's interesting to think about and to compare the two. I think that, um, and they're both wrong, but I would have to think that this might, 
possibly could be worse because even when you're taking steroids, you know, you don't always know what's coming. And guys have been stealing signs forever. This is so advanced to the point where it's like you literally know what pitch is coming. I mean, that's the thing. Like it, That is worse. If you're me. just stealing, like stealing signs, there's nothing wrong with that. But using technology to steal signs. And, and, and that's a, the kicker. In a way that gives you such an advantage to the point where you literally know every pitch that's coming. Yeah. Is insane. Hmm. Absolutely crazy. And yeah, steroids are bad, but you still have to have ability. Right. And you you and you don't know what's coming. You don't know what's coming at all. You still have to have ability to in order to swing swing the bat, but when I know you know, if I know that a changeup's coming and it's uh let's say it's a it's a two oh count and someone's going to try to throw me off throw throw a changeup because I'm expecting dead I'm sitting dead red on a fastball and I know that changeup is coming. I mean that's crazy. Yeah. Every single statistic from that season is uh but it was just 2017 they were doing it. It also went into 2018 apparently from what I heard and that's where things started to get sketchy in terms of how long it went into 2018. Yeah. Um according to your sources. Yeah, and who knows it could have gone to 2019 that whole thing with Altuve after he hit the home run off Chapman to win the ALCS where he was, he was jumping into the air and he said, he was, he was pulling at his shirt saying, don't, don't touch me. Don't rip this off or something like that. Uh, a lot of people think there's a buzzer under there. Well, the other side of the story is that he had a tattoo that he didn't want people to see. Right. And his wife didn't want his, I just think that sounds like a bunch of bullshit. I don't know. That, that was based off my, my massive knowledge from reading Reddit today. A lot of people are upset. Like Astros fans are upset because Altuve, Altuve is just like a great, a huge part of that community there. Oh yeah, and, he, uh, if, if, lest we forget, he was there when they really sucked. Like he, he was one of the few yeah. guys that's been a part of that rebuild through when they won a championship to now to win an MVP, all the above. So, so I think some people are hoping they. I mean, it, it's going to be an interesting storyline to watch. Great to not be a part of it. Yeah, I don't give a shit about our international whatever copy did with the international signings. It's like, totally different. It's also just horseshit that copy's banned for life. Yeah. When compared to what one year suspension for AJ Hinch and copy's banned for life. Yeah, Beltran hasn't even gotten a suspension. He was just fired because the Mets knew that from a PR PR, standpoint, yeah. it was going to be a disaster the whole season. Yeah. That's sorry. Copy. Yeah. That's rough. I mean, cop- it doesn't justify what he did, but it's not on the same level. Yeah. I think it was comes down to him not cooperating because apparently he was just a total asshole during the whole thing. I'm like, all right, we'll just ban you. I wonder how you like. Pete I, don't Rose? Manfred, I don't know if Manfred can go back. Yeah, this is definitely worse than what Pete Rose did. Yeah, Pete. He didn't even bet against his team. He bet for his team. Yeah, he was he's putting his, his his big testicles on the table, saying, "Yeah, I really think we're gonna fucking win this thing." Right. Who cares? Yeah, it's uh, it's sticky. That's for sure, Graham. Yeah. Um, but I just but I love Nick Marcakis doing that. Yeah, I just wonder about McCann now. That makes me sort of question. Were you wondering if Marcakis is going to kick his ass when he comes into town? Why would McCann come back into town? He's got a bobblehead night. Oh yeah. I thought you meant as like an opposing player. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know if that strains the relationship with the Braves organization. McCann's been a huge part of of, of this organization for. You know, fifteen years, longer than that. If you go back to his minor league days, so what does that do to his legacy? Yeah. You know, all these all these players' reputations and legacies are now tarnished to some degree, some more than others, but tarnished nevertheless. It's just crazy to think McCann could even be a part of it because he's always been the guy who's about what's doing right by baseball code, right. like with the whole uh, 
what was that dude's name for the brewer that he confronted? Carlos Gomez. Carlos Gomez, yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, he's done that multiple times, and he's always been the guy to put his foot down. Right. And it just seems like even with Beltran's stature, the status. Yeah, I mean, uh, McCann's no scrub. No, McCann's no scrub at all, and it just seems like it, it's surprising that he let it go as, as, as far as it did. But, you know, we also don't know the locker room dynamic and all that shit. And a lot of those Astros players are young. Altuve was really young then. Bregman. Bregman. I don't Correa. even know. Yeah, Correa. Springer. All those, Springer. No, none of those guys had, you know. Hey, man, I hope they break it up and uh, maybe we can get to wheeling and dealing and take a couple of those guys. <sighs> Give me George Springer all day. Yeah. Oh, God, that power. Yeah. I'll take an Altuve. Yeah. Plug Put Bregman in. at third. Yeah. Mm. We, we, can get, we can get them right. Yeah. I've got some, you know, the price is going to have to be, on the trade, it's going to have to be down a little bit. Cause yeah, their the value's uh, depleted. Right, Considering right. their actions. We don't want them messing up our clubhouse, but uh, Nick Marquegas will get him in the line. Oh, yeah, for sure. He's like, I'm going to beat you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to spank, I'm going to spank you, Bregman, for a solid two hours, and then you're going to get a lashing, and I'm going to smack you once with a baseball bat. I can just picture Bregman showing up the first day that he gets traded to the Braves, at, thinks he's walking in an empty locker room, and then there's Marquegas. With his dukes up. Like, <laughs> All right, let's do this. Let's do this. <laughs> I'm a man of my word. All right. I'm going to beat you. Let's get this out of the way. <laughs> you can fight back if you want. Doesn't, doesn't matter to me. Yeah. I'm going to beat you either way. Exactly. I'm a fifth stringer right now, so it doesn't really matter if I miss a couple, <laughs> a couple weeks. Yeah. Someone will fill in. My boy Duvall's got me covered. Right. Oh, man. So I think that's it for, for what's happening in Braves Country. We'll be keeping a close eye on spring training and how it progresses for the Bravos. All right, Adam, let's move on to the Hawks. All-Star break is upon us. Over the weekend, we saw Trey Young participate in the Rising Stars game, three-point contest, and the All-Star game. Triple dipper. Yeah, had a nice night, certainly, with the Rising Stars game. Uh, Disappointing night with the three-point competition. I think he was first, and we were over here at your house having a little shindig. During, of course, the Atlanta Zone retreat. Right. And we had uh, we had a few drinks. And I just remember Trey being on. I was like, ah! I remember you screaming at me to come watch it. Yeah, because you were... It was a whole deal for me to get it on the TV in the first place. Mm-hmm. Had to download the TNT app. Mm. Deal with all that jazz. Um, but yeah, I almost missed it. And didn't want to miss much. No. It was, it was... I think he went first, too. That sucks. Yeah. And it just looked... A little flat, only got 15 points, and uh, was quickly eliminated right off the bat. I mean, I feel like Atlanta sports players in general do not do well in these all-star. With the exception of Josh Smith. Oh, Josh Smith, that's true. Josh Smith won the same competition in 2005. I was on a ski trip with the church in West Virginia when that happened. Did you watch it? I did. I was in Charlotte when that happened. I remember watching it. I don't know why. Yeah, was, was, oh, that was like our biggest win in our lifetime. <laughs> Sadly, well, no, Braves won the World Series in 95, 95 I forgot to say. You were five. You also had Dominique Wilkins, who was in that epic slam dunk contest with Michael Jordan in 1998, which he lost, yeah. unfortunately. But Jordan admits that he thought Dominique should have won. In that 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 contest, but if you haven't seen that, look it up on YouTube. It's it is one of the greatest slam dunk competitions of all time for sure. Spud Webb back in the day. Spud Webb actually won. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the '80s were a good time. Yes, you know Dominic didn't beat MJ. He should have, and at least he got far. 
Acuna held his own in the in the home run derby last year. I think he made like the final four or yeah, something like that. Freddie Freeman did awful the year before that, but that's <laughs> I okay. Really, like, I, why would he be in the home run derby? Yeah, he's not, I think he's did it for fun. Yeah, I mean, he's like, uh, I mean, he can hit some home runs. Oh yeah, he's, he's got generally power. more of like a you know second row type of guy. Well, particularly in in batting practice, he's all about just trying to go opposite field. Yeah, and that's not his scene. No, it's not his scene at all. Um, John Collins last year in the dunk contest. I forgot that he did that. Yeah, and he. He did terrible. Oh, yeah, that was awful. But he had, like, some awesome dunks, but they just were very unfair to him. Well, there was that, but I just thought just, like, his dunks were nothing to, in my opinion, were nothing to write home about. The dunk contest this year was pretty awesome. That was a lot of fun to watch. We didn't watch it on Saturday night. But I think that's the thing you sit down and watch live. Well, it was like, great. I, I watched it the next day on, yeah. on YouTube. Was over in fifteen minutes. That's the way to do it. That, that yeah. would that would have been two and a half hours of your life. Right. I didn't know anything about it too, so I was watching it just being like, "Oh shit!" Yeah. Yeah. That was that was that was fun. And then Trey had a had a good All Star game. Didn't play that much, but got a double double. Made an amazing half court shot at the end of I can't remember if it was the second half or the or end of the first half the first or half. yeah end of the first yeah. half. Whole team uh, Giannis went out and showered him with adoration. So that was cool. That was a great moment for him. And. Well, all in all, the, the, the best thing that we can say, I think, about the All-Star Weekend is that Trey looked like he had a good time, and he's healthy. Yeah. And nothing else really matters. You don't care about the new format? New format was interesting. I, I didn't watch a lot of the game, but I did turn on the last about 10 minutes, and I'd never seen defense play like that in an All-Star game in my life. I, I saw that play of uh, Giannis on LeBron, like, blocking him on the sideline. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was that was pretty cool. Yeah. They're playing for something now. They got a lot of money going to a charity, so. Right, and I think they were all inspired by wanting to score that 24th point for, for Kobe. Yeah. And so, I mean, I'm that, still confused about how it works. Like, is it even worth going into? I don't Should I just so. read an article? Just read an article. I'm not even sure. Because I kept, I kept hearing, like, first to 24, but then the score was, like, 150. Eight to 157. I think in the last quarter they had to score 24 points. I could be totally wrong about that. Like I said, I only watched about 10 minutes of it. So <laughs> so we're not the experts. We're not the experts on this one. I'm sure a bunch of people are just like what a bunch of losers. screaming at us right, right now. Yeah. But that's all right. Yeah, I it's mean. It's not Atlanta professional sports. We, we knew what Trey did. Right, we knew what Trey, Trey did. did about 15 minutes. Yeah. 10 points, 10 assists. It was also very unfair that he didn't play more. In the second, he didn't play it all in the fourth quarter. No, so I, I guess because they knew he was horrible at defense. Maybe, but Luca didn't play either. Right, I think I think younger guys in those All Star games, even if they start, they kind of take their lumps. Right, and in, in the sense that you got to earn your stripes to be out there when it's it's time to to actually settle the score. Sure. So I think, and that's that was done. I think you know Jordan <clears throat> and Dominique and other guys like that. And that just happens when they're early on in their careers. That, that's just it seems like a tradition in the NBA for whatever reason, and I get it. Fair enough. Um, but now we move to the second half of the season, Adam, or past the second half of the season, to the last gasp of the Hawks, who currently sit at 15-41 and 41 and nine and a half games behind eight-seed Orlando for the playoffs, which isn't out of the realm of possibility. It's not going to happen, but it's not impossible. Uh, it's time to turn the page. I feel really optimistic heading into this Last uh, last part of the season, not because I think we're going to get in the playoffs, but just seeing what this team can be with Clint Capella, who's supposedly very close to returning and may return this Thursday against the Miami Heat, which would be really exciting. I will definitely, I won't even be, normally with the Hawks now, I, I record the game and just sort of blast through it. Yeah. Um, particularly when we're not doing well. It's, it's nice to just fast forward and say, God, we're playing shitty defense. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to 
I'll be watching that thing live, man. I'm gonna be all over that just watching the watch, dynamic. Watch TV. That's huh? much watch TV. Yeah. You watch the dynamic between him and Trey and how he plays with John Collins. The two things I'm, I'm most interested in. Also, just seeing how he can change our fortunes in terms of defending the interior, defending the key where we have you know went through it all last week, just so sorely lacking there, and just seeing if you know his his production in Los Angeles can translate over to to Atlanta. Or sorry, Houston. Excuse me. To Atlanta. I don't think we discussed this that it also just like lengthens this team so much because now Deadman becomes your guy coming off the Which bench. Which is fantastic. That second unit looks so much better than it did at the beginning of the year. Yeah. And uh, Deadman just looks like a completely different player than he was in Sacramento. He looked awful. He's the, the man was destined to be an Atlanta Hawk. Yeah. He is true to Atlanta. He loves it here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've sucked every year he's been here, but he loves it nonetheless. Maybe he can be around for when we don't suck. Yeah, maybe he can see the turnaround. Yeah. So I, I you know. That's going to be the main thing to watch is how Clint Capella interacts with these guys and right. and if his foot is in, in, in is healthy, or his feet, I should say. Are you past the point of, like, concerning yourself with winning too much or anything like I that? I don't give a shit, Yeah, honestly. I mean, you do want to increase your stock in terms of being able to get more playoff – not playoff balls, sorry, uh, lottery balls, whatever you call them. But at the end of the day – I'm not, you know, especially because there's no nobody coming out of this out of college this year that really blows my skirt up. You know, a lot of people talk about Anthony Edwards, the Georgia player. Seems like a project, man. He is a project, even though you know, he's a project averages 19 and 10 or 19 and 9. But you know, low field goal percentage from three point range. I'm, I'm, you know, there's no, there really aren't that many players out there where I'm just like, you know, you look at the top 10 in college basketball this year. You got teams like Dayton, San Diego State, Baylor. You know, teams that you don't really hear about that often. Yeah. Some of which are smaller schools. San Diego State has had a good program for a while, but Dayton hasn't been a, a force in a while, and they're a top-five team. So you're getting a lot – you know, getting some teams here that are, are not built with, with these one-and-done studs. You certainly still have some of those guys around some of the top teams, but, you know, Dayton and San Diego State particularly stand out to me as like, wow. You know, whereas last year you had you know, Duke with Zion and R.J. Barrett and 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 other guys like that and some people are, are escaping my mind right now uh but you know last year's draft class was was really good and and this this one i'm not saying it's trash or anything but you don't have a lot of guys that really profile to be amazing in the nba that doesn't say that they can't but it's just because of that i'm not freaking out about where we're going to draft in the, in the in the draft this year so, so maybe we're, we're now to the point of just drafting for need and maybe we can just go out there grab the best three-point shooter on the board for a four, five, six, plug him in because that's what we need right now. Mm-hmm. With Trey dishing out assists, we need we need guys to knock down shots. Yeah, and I feel like the rest of the pieces are kind of there. Well, I think with like Hunter and and Reddish too, I think you know you're seeing market improvement from 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 Reddish. Have you seen the three. stats on Reddish's like his improvement in his three point? Yeah, like he's up to like. He started at like what, like seven percent, something like that, in yeah. October. Right. Then it went to like twenty something percent, and he shot like forty percent from three in January. Yeah, no, he's been great from uh, from three so in it's January. Really promising. Yeah, and like I said, I just think he's he's really figuring out his game, and he could really eventually explode into becoming a, a great player. We just have to get you just got to keep giving these guys time, and that's one of the one of the benefits about this season. As much as it sucks and how painful it's been, and all the drives to the hole that are uncontested and the bullshit defense and all that stuff that we've been dealing with is that you know that there's a lot of talent here and you just got to give it time to develop. It's like you planted a crop, the soil 
is not great, but the crop is great, and the crop just needs some time to get adjusted, get acclimated to the soil, <laughs> and eventually reach its full potential. But it's not going to happen overnight. And that's what we're dealing with right now. We might deal with it a little bit more next year. And is Lloyd Pierce the one you want watering your field? He might not be aware of the best irrigation techniques. Hmm. Might not be aware of it. I am, you know, the more I watch, yeah, I went through a, a period where I wasn't watching the Hawks as much, but the more I've watched them recently, I am getting a little tired of just on both sides of the ball, the, the breakdowns, the breakdowns on defense in terms of guarding the interior in particular. And, the, and, and I wouldn't even call it an offensive breakdown, but just the lack of, of any sort of rhythm offensively. There's, there's not a lot of ball movement. It's a lot of isolation play. It's a lot of Trey jacking up shots. He's still making good passes. But it it's, it's just seems like a very narrow-minded, narrow-minded offense right now that, that, that isn't – I don't think it's putting a lot of the young guys in a, in a great position to, to, to really excel. Do you think we're a playoff team this year if we still have Coach Bud? Difficult to say. I, I don't think so because if we're playing in the fantasy world, is John Collins, Collins doesn't get suspended. It's possible. I think it's possible for sure. But we also said that we would possibly be a playoff team, as is, if John Collins didn't get suspended right. with Lloyd Pierce. So. Right. And I think you got to give Lloyd some more time, too. I think even though you know he's dealing with a lot of young guys he's dealing with a lot of you know tumultuous locker room the first part of the season let's see how he let's, you know let's see how everybody let's wipe the slate clean second half and it's, let's see how this goes it's kind of like the uh dan quinn if he has a good second half he deserves to come back oh i don't think lloyd pierce should be in any danger of losing his job no, i don't think he is but at all he needs to show something here yeah we need to see he's some, got the veterans in place now yeah we need to see some market improvement uh, uh, offensively defensively Everywhere, and I really want to see some actual plays drawn up. We're not good enough to be the James Harden, the, the Rockets, where we can just jack up a bunch of shots and expect to win win the game. We need to see some better ball movement from this group. And I think we're we're capable of that. I mean, I think I think, I think Reddish is an underrated passer. I think Hunter's a good passer. Trey's obviously got amazing court vision, and we need to see more of that on display. We need to see some more ball movement moving without the ball. I'm just getting really sick of guys staying in corners. It's like driving me fucking nuts. When I, it, it's boring ass basketball to watch sometimes. But every once in a while, you do see movement. You do see guys setting each other up, and the screen and roll game has always been good. But we need to figure out some way to incorporate a more multifaceted offense than what we're doing now. And and this is the time to figure that shit out, especially when you're getting Capella coming in, develop some chemistry, build off that, carry it in the next season. I feel like you're a Hawks PR guy right now, trying to. Sell us on watching the Hawks the second half. You got me excited. Greg. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's all there, man. I mean, I, I mean, we're not. It's not all there in terms of we're going to win the NBA championship this year or next. But it's all there in terms of you got some great blocks to build around. You just added another one. So let's 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 see it. Let's see some adjustments. Let's let, let's see some progression, and let's get excited about the Hawks. And there's a lot to be excited about the Hawks, but let's really get excited about the Hawks and, and really hope for and, for the best. And you're future. finally going to game, aren't you, Graham? Yes. What day? I'm going to the Cavaliers game on March 14th. I was going to go to the Luka game uh, this Saturday, but we have a birthday party to attend. Okay. That, yeah. That and would... the tickets were a little pricey. They, How much? What's pricey now? It's like upper deck was 65 bucks or something. Oh, like no. That. Pop? Yeah. Good Lord. So, so is half that crowd going to be Mavericks fans now? 
I don't think half. Or do you think that people just like the Trey Luca? I think that's a big that's a big dynamic, and it makes sense that the prices would jump. I just don't think I'm going to sixty five for no. Yeah, hell no. Yeah, to watch a really for upper deck, get out of here. Yeah, no. I looked up to see if there's any standing room only tickets, and uh, not so. I think a Hawks game would be great for standing room. We we did that last year. Yeah, we did. It was great. Yeah, we walked down to uh, the concourse near the floor. Not near the floor, but we were like, we were not on the upper deck anymore. Yeah. And we were able to stand there, and the ushers did not give a shit. They were like, yeah, guys, just leaned, you know, up, leaned on a wall. Yeah, it's just like, it's like, it's like, make sure you're not blocking the, you know, blocking the walkway. You can just stand there. And we're like, yeah. great. Like, why can't I get a ticket for 20 bucks and go do that? Or 10 bucks. On the week weekdays, twenty bucks on a Saturday, ten bucks on a weekday. I don't know, you know. Maybe just check back once it's closer to the game. But you have something. To, you have something. Got to this do. birthday party to go right, to. Right, right. Um, yeah, cool. Well, I'll watch Thursday, Graham. For sure. Um, you more excited about Capella or seeing Capella mesh or seeing? Uh, the evolution of Cam Reddish in the second half. Which which storyline excites you more? Uh, Capella. Because I've already started to see the progression of Reddish, so I feel like that's going to continue. I don't need... I mean, I, I still want to pay attention to that, but I'm more interested in seeing how Capella, you know, coagulates with this team. I think that... It's also something new. It's exciting. Yeah. And he's a guy that's been a, 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 a very good performer in the NBA over the last four or five years. And I think now with Trey and with, with this team, he has, he has potential. I think he could be a, you know, he could be a 20 and, and 14 or 15 kind of guy. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think his rebounding numbers are going to go up, and I think his his opportunities on offense are going to go up. So, I mean, he should he should, he should should be something like that. Yeah. 100%. I mean, 16. Shit. And you know what? The great thing about this is, is that Andre Drummond, <laughs> I think he's still going to be a free agent this coming year. You would have to bend over backwards, max contracts, all this stuff for him. We got somebody who might not be quite as good as Drummond is or as much of a force, but he's got comparable statistics. He's no scrub. He's one of the better pure centers in the league, and I, I'm very happy he's on our team. And you know, I don't need to be paying somebody a, some big-ass max contract when we're still you know, probably a year or two away. Yeah. So. And the schlank we trust again. Yep. I don't know if there's anything else you want to discuss, Adam, but I think this potentially wraps up today's show. Uh, the only thing, which is an Atlanta sports name we don't discuss too often, is uh, Steve Bartkowski. Oh, the old Falcons quarterback. Yeah. Did you hear about why he's in the news today? I did not. He has apparently... So, Steve Bartkowski, Falcons Hall of Famer. I don't think he's an NFL Hall of Famer. No. Uh, quarterback for us back in like the 70s. I think the 60s and the 70s. Um, so, he, because of his experience where he got drafted by a terrible organization that had zero interest in winning, didn't know what the hell they were doing. Sounds familiar to what the Falcons are doing now. No, no. Not much has changed. No, a lot has changed. I know, I'm kidding. A lot has changed. I kid. Uh, So he is encouraging Joe Burrow, the unanimous number one quarterback selection. The LSU quarterback. LSU quarterback. Fresh off a championship. Everyone assumes the Bengals will draft at number one. Mm -hmm. He's encouraging Burrow to pull an Eli Manning. And get himself traded and not go to Cincinnati because he doesn't think they're about winning. And he's wow. like, he's like, I spent more time in the hospital my first three years than throwing touchdowns. That's Bark- Barkowski saying that. I don't know what the hell the Barkowski Burrow connection is. 
I think he might have just kind of ran into him at a party or some shit like that. He's probably just been watching him and thinks that he's got a ton of potential. Well, of course he knows who he is, but well, I, don't, I don't know how these two linked up and what, how it's in the news now. Are they friends? Like, are they friends or, or what? Yeah. You don't know. Okay, yeah. I, I have no idea. But, and essentially you don't really hear Steve's name at all in no. terms of, <laughs> of any sort of press, even with the Falcons at this, uh-uh. this juncture in time. So. It's weird, but I, I can totally get that from his standpoint. He, he probably went through hell with, with the Falcons when we were really, truly a shit organization. And uh, yet doesn't want to see it happen to another promising quarterback who doesn't isn't blessed with NFL royalty as his family, like like Eli Manning was. I don't, I don't think the Bengals, and this is a big episode for uh, brother-in-law Dave up in Cincinnati. Well, Louisville, but big Bengals fan. There's a, there's a lost episode out there where we, where we discussed the Bengals, and it was just a nightmare. It was awful. It'll never be heard. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, the Bengals had years of playoff success under Marvin Lewis. Like, you know, the NFL now, it's just so easy to one year turn a team around. Like, I don't I don't think that the Bengals are like the 70s Falcons. No. But. And what's the other option? Go to Miami? Miami's worse than. Cincinnati, right? It's like who are you getting traded to, right? Although I no, I think Miami's better than Cincinnati. One more games, they actually showed some fight at the end of the season, unlike the Bengals. So I'd rather go to Miami than than Cincinnati. But at the same time, it's, it's, they're both feels like a dick move. Both terrible situations. I don't think Burrow's actually going to do that. I think he's going to go where he's drafted, which will probably be Cincinnati. Well, he was spewing something about how he has leverage and all this stuff. Who Burrow? Burrow? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. What leverage does he have? Oh, because he doesn't ac- actually have to like go work out because people have seen what he's done, uh-huh. and I don't know. Well, but yeah, just a weird name to hear uh, in the national press. I thought he might have been poor Jamal Anderson and got some public DUI for urinating <laughs> no, on, a, no, on a gas you know, on, a, on a gas tank or something. No, Barkowski's solid, man. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> it's good to know. Yeah. Good to go. We resigned uh, Young Way Koo. Oh, well, yeah, we talked about that like three or four weeks ago. Oh, they officially gave a one-year extension. Oh, uh, officially did. Along with punter Ryan Allen. So no more Bosher. No more Bosher. That's great news. Yeah. I love that. Bosher was done. Oh, and you know it's something we never talked about? <laughs> uh, now that I started mentally checking out because I thought it was the end of the episode. <laughs> but something we that happened, I think, the, the, the week we didn't have a show, was it was announced that Vic Beasley is not – coming back did we really never discuss we that? did not we wow. is officially not coming back to the falcons and this is reported on by the falcons this was not some journal journalists coming out there saying this is what he thinks or he has a source inside this was literally the falcons announcing on social media of all places so my, my thing is that what, not coming back what was the point of them announcing that i think to try and say that you know we're we hear you we're moving on we oh it. you think it was for the fans I think it was for the fans. I think it was to try to inspire some sort of some some sense of camaraderie and also understanding yeah. of how we've been tortured by 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 Vic's lack of production throughout his entire career, and that we're not going to mess around with this anymore. You think somebody on um, the Falcon, like probably an intern or something, uh, someone on the marketing team there, listens to Atlanta Zone and Atlanta Sports Podcast, and just heard you your very passionate rant that you probably had at some point in 2019 about it and, uh, you know, just played it to TD and Dan Quinn and were like, guys, this is what the people think. I think he would, 
I don't know because I, I feel like if someone at Flowery Branch listened to our show, they they know how much we're not the biggest fans of Thomas and 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 Dan, so they would probably not be listening to us at, at, at that point. I'm, I'm a Dan Quinn guy. You're Dan, oh yeah, you're kind of a Dan Quinn guy. Yeah, right yeah. yeah. Okay, that's fair. We don't need to get into all that. Uh, no, I don't think that's what happened. Okay, but uh, I mean the, the vitriol has been there for a long time, and the production on the field. Has, has not been there since, you know, four years. I mean, what, what else do we have to see to, to understand that he's he's just, you know, not what we need. He's, he's just not the person we need in here to make a difference, and we can't pay him that much money again. Over for under production. 11 and a half sacks he gets for the Saints next year. If that happens, just put me in the ground. Well, you could take the under. I'll take the under, but... He, <laughs> put, like if he goes to the Saints and does that, like if he does something at the end of a game, like if the Saints picked him up and he sacks Matt Ryan when we're like down three points or something like that, and strip sacks him at the end of the game, I will probably do what that Saints fan did when they lost to the Rams in the soup? NFC Championship. No, I'm gonna like punch my. Oh. I'm gonna punch my TV immediately. Mm-hmm. Like I, I might be declared. Criminally insane. I might go out there and and find uh, the the nearest tree, rip it down, and do perverse acts to it. I don't know. What if uh, that happens in the playoffs? I might die from a heart attack. <laughs> nearest tree and do perverse acts. Uh, I I, I, I seriously. I, I think I might drink myself into a, a stupor similar to when we lost the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. I think that is certainly in the cards. I don't think I'll stop drinking. And for then two I'll, days. and then I'll probably hit you with a. Told you Vic was decent. Right. Clemson, baby. Clemson. Go Tigers. <laughs> T-I-G-E-R-S. Fight, yeah. Tigers. Fight. Product of Dabo. Never sleep on them. God. Well, Falcons are going to sleep on Vic Beasley. And I think we can both agree that that's the right move. It is. Did you see the loser on <laughs> social media when, like, the Falcons announced that? And then some guy on Twitter was like, sources? Question mark? Right. It's like, and, it's like us, the Falcons. the Falcons. It's like, literally us, the Falcons. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, but yeah, I've never seen a team announce like I've seen press releases on we've signed a player, we've signed a coach, blah blah blah. But I've never seen or an extension. But I've never seen them just openly say we're not going to engage in contract discussions with a he, player. He, he did something to piss somebody off. Maybe so. Besides just his play, because they probably would have just let that let that go and he just not said anything. Like I mean, worst case, I mean, there's always the possibility that the market's not there for him, and then he comes back to us on a. Low one year no. deal, no. but now now it's closed. Now know? it's closed. Yeah, and you can't you can't renege on this either. Like this is this is uh, you know this is this is Michael shutting the door on 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 Kay at the end of Godfather One. This is over. I wonder what would be a better storyline to listen to, from my perspective, listening to you, hmm. is if the the situation we just described, Vic Beasley, NFC Championship. He plays for the Saints. Oh, gets a big sack. God, if you ever play the Saints in NFC Championship. Sends the Saints to the Super Bowl. Oh, God. And they win. Or, like, three weeks from now, the Falcons change their mind and re-sign him to, like, a one-year, $15 million contract. You know what? As 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 much as it pains me to say, I'd rather that happen than have him, than have that Saints scenario happen. Yeah, that's a no-brainer. 
That was like the worst. That's almost as bad as 28 to 3. That's like. And it hasn't even happened. <laughs> no, just thinking about it makes my skin crawl. It makes my, 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 my brain fall down my spine. Like I, I can't, I can't cope with that. Like I'm imagining that. My eyes are closed. I'm just oh, imagining that. Oh, you can see that. it. Yeah. Oh, I can see it. Cl- 100%. That seems, that seems something very Atlanta. Especially if it's at home. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, man. And, th- and then he like, he's like screaming at the crowd or something. Yeah. Doing, yeah, just like. Saying I told y'all or well, what if happens? He strip sacks him and and takes the ball in the end zone. Oh yeah, and we were up. Uh, yeah, and we were winning. We we're kneeling, and he somehow. Breaks yeah, that was <laughs> that's even more ridiculous. Yeah. But God, if something like that, man, so, I don't know if I could ever watch football again. Like that was just <laughs> that's just too much. Like it didn't take much for this. The my my it didn't take much straw for the camel's back to break at this point, man. So my, my back is made of glass. You'd move on to that new uh, Atlanta just got a professional rugby team. They play up. I heard about that. <laughs> they, I heard about that. They play up at like uh, some like West Georgia College or something. I, I don't yeah. even know what it was. I can't remember either. But apparently they've either started playing or the yeah, season's they had their about first to start. Game. Oh, they had okay, their first yeah. game. I, I checked out the pictures. I had to see you know if this is something that worth us pursuing, and I don't think it is. Probably too far away too. Yeah, I mean, like there were like maybe I think you could fit like three hundred people at that stadium or. Field, whatever you want to call it. So, but if that Vic Beasley sack happens, that's where we'll be. Yeah, I, I, I could not be able to cope with that. And oh, uh, last thing I just want to mention with the Saints, Drew Brees is officially coming back. I think this is a good thing for us. But the the funny thing about that is that it, it means that the uh, there's no contract in place though, so he still has to get signed. Mm-hmm. He's probably going to ask for something twenty five million a year. Might do a one-year deal, might do a two-year deal, but that puts the Saints in kind of a precarious cap situation because they only have about like fifteen million dollars in cap space to, to to work with. So they've said he, Drew Brees says he's coming back to play, but not necessarily with the Saints. I mean, it's assumed that it's going to be the Saints, but I mean, but it hasn't been. Announced. They, they have a lot of people to sign. I ho- I think it's great because I, I no, saw it throws a wrench into. I saw the, all the defensive yeah. starters that they have to sign. Mm-hmm. The guys who played a ton of games last year, and it's it's a lot, and they they in a weird cap situation. So Teddy Bridgewater's gone. Yeah, Teddy Bridgewater's definitely gone. Uh, Taysom Hill might be gone. I would love to pick him up, man. He's an unrestricted. He's a restricted free agent. He's trying to like. I thought he had it figured out and realized he's not a quarterback. He's a generalist, but he can play if he absolutely has to. Right, but he he's he dropped a line that he's a starting quarterback. He's a like Tim Tebow thought he was. Taysom. Muhammad Sanu has more touchdown passes in his career than Taysom Hill. Correct. That's I mean, you're not you're not a franchise quarterback. No. Dude. You're 30. You're an awesome player in what you're doing right now. Oh, you're perfect. You're perfect. Don't mess it up. You're you're a unique generalist player that can do anything, but you can't do anything to the ability of you can do it full time. Right. And unfortunately that's just the way it is. But man, I would take a chance on him in a second if he would change his attitude. You really think Dirk Cutter would know what to do with him? He would probably um, just hand him the ball off <laughs> in a really predictable eye formation, and he get like he gets stuffed for minus two yards. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> well, a deflating Falcons end. Seems as, like as, a good way to wrap always, it up, as it always happens. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, we'll see you next week. Until next time, rise up, chop on, stand brotherhood, unite and conquer, and remain true to Atlanta. What's up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Adam Kalal, and alongside me as always is Graham Waldrop, and we are Atlanta Atlanta's own. <laughs>
Two Atlanta nas- natives. Oh, let me try again. <laughs> we're Atlanta natives. What are we doing? Two Atlanta natives. <laughs> yeah, natives. Two Atlanta natives. Recapping the week that was. Recapping the week that was Atlanta, Atlanta, Atlanta professional Atlanta. sports with wacky high SIG. I have no chance. What did you used to do when you were first to do What's up, Atlanta? <laughs> Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Would you please welcome Columbia recording artist, Bob Dylan.
Thank you.